0: Hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you.
1: God can be trusted. God is faithful. God is faithful. Let that sink in just for a moment. God, your God, is faithful. That is the song we've been singing today, that he is the rock that when we fall, we fall on him. But this rock is not just the crutch on which we lean. He is the God Almighty. He is the same rock that stood behind David when he slew Goliath. Courage. God is faithful. I want to say from the very beginning that I believe, I have come to believe, that the most mature Christian in the room is the one who trusts God the most. The most mature Christian in the room is the one who trusts God the most. Let's begin. Mark chapter 4. Reading from verse 36 to 41. It says this in the New King James. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him. Sorry, I'll read from verse 35. Sorry. From verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? That we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you still have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, who can this be? That even the wind... And the sea obey him. Let's pray. Father, we gather tonight around your word, and because we believe that you're a God who speaks, may you speak to us tonight. May you cause your children to hear your voice, and in the hearing of your word, may faith arise that you may strengthen our inner beings, that we may be full of God and that we will come after you, picking up our crosses and follow you. So help us, Lord, even as as I speak, speak to your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is a very famous, simple story that most of you have read, I'm sure, many times. And I had to, until this time when I read it, I felt God speak to me so clearly that I can preach this sermon without any notes. Because the things he said to me struck the core of my being and has shaped me. And the way I'm going to preach like this is... um, I want you to interact with me, just like I was interacting with the scriptures. So it's okay to actually answer back at me when I ask questions. They are not rhetorical questions. I want you to actually answer them. Is that all right? Okay, fantastic. That's good. That's good. All right. Okay, so first question. Whose idea was it that they should go to the other side of the lake? Jesus. Jesus' idea. Are you sure? It wasn't Matthew. It wasn't Thomas. It wasn't any of the other disciples. Jesus' idea was to get to the other side of the lake. It's very important that you remember who gave the command. Because as you have just read, they are about to go through a storm. So if it was anybody's idea, which wasn't Jesus, you could want to slap him in the face, right? But Jesus, it was Jesus' idea. It was God the Son jesus is god incarnate in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god God has spoken let us get to the other side of the lake i've just told you so the next question is what is the destination of that command the other side okay so they are on this side and until they have actually arrived on the other side of the lake, the word of the Lord had not yet come to pass. Would you agree? Yes. If Jesus is God and God says, let us get to the other side of the lake, until they have arrived on the other side of the lake, the word of God has not yet come to pass. Please remember those two things. God gave the command and the destination is on the other side. Everything in between is about to shape them. Okay, so God said to me, Joseph, to go on a conquest, to go on a faith journey with me, you must hear my voice. You must know that I have spoken to you because therein lies your confidence and your courage because I spoke, because I am faithful. You follow me. Secondly, when I give you an instruction, you have to listen to what it says and watch for it to come to pass. I will will explain that in a moment. But the first thing I noticed was in order to do what God has said to them, what was the first thing the disciples needed to do? (laughs) It's getting trickier, isn't it? That didn't sound like a rhetorical question. And this is like reading comprehension now, Yes. Get in the boat? Yeah, they're already in the boat. Leaving the crowd behind. Jesus says to me, God says to me, If you want to be obedient to my word, you must first be willing, Joseph Bediakon, to leave the crowd behind. Unless you're willing to leave a crowd behind, you would not be faithful to the word that I have given you. And this is not on the crowd. This is on me. Because he did not speak to the crowd, he spoke to the disciples. What does the crowd look like? The crowd looks like this. I want to give up my job as a, a banker, living large, and I want to help the church. But this is a local church somewhere down in on, on an estate that can't even afford to pay you. So you're about to leave your pounds to work on an estate that can't even pay you and all your friends in the bank are telling you you are crazy in fact let's let's be sensible perhaps joseph you can you know you can give to somebody else use your money to support somebody else to do the job you don't have to do that you don't have to be that crazy we know you're christian but come down now Sometimes the the, the crowd, is not even voices in front of you, people in front of you. The crowd can be in your head. Voices. Have you ever had that? When you heard God clearly speak to you about something, and every thought that is coming to you is like, but, 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 but this, and but that, and but this. What if, what if, what if? And and they crowd in on you. And God says, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. In other words, put all your eggs in this basket. It is faithful. All your eggs in this basket. With all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Leaving the crowd behind. If you're ever going to be faithful and go on a conquest and follow God, to be faithful to God... You must be willing to leave the crowd behind. The next bit is probably the most intelligent thing they did. It says, then they took him with them as he was in the boat. I heard God say quite clearly to me, Joseph, do not confuse busyness, even busyness for me, we're being fruitful in terms of being in intimate relationship with me. Do not neglect personal time with me, knowing me, loving me, keeping that fellowship with me just because you are now working and even working for me. If you ever have a choice, To come close to God or to go and do ministry and ministry for God. You know that famous story, Mary and Martha. Yes, you all know this. Jesus comes into a house and Mary sits at Jesus' feet to hear his word. And Martha is busy making preparations, not just to have a party, making preparations for Jesus's ministry so that all the guests can have food to eat. And she's like, Mary is not helping me, Jesus. Can you tell her to help me? And Jesus says, no, because Mary has chosen the better part. Jesus is not saying don't do ministry. He's saying never neglect the important thing. It's first things first. It's a matter of priority. Keep your relationship with God. And as we're about to find out, those who don't do that, in the middle of the storm, they fell. Because God will give you a mission that without him, you would not complete. God purposely gives you something you cannot do without him. Because he's after something that I'm about to share with you tonight. So they took him in the boat and they were journeying. And then the very next verse says... <laughs> There arose a windstorm that beats against their boat, and it began to fill up. In other words, they were on the threat of dying on the cause for obeying what God had told them. And I felt God say to me, Joseph, I was raised in the Pentecostal church before I went to Beulah, which is a more charismatic church, um, we... They don't mean to do this. And I don't, I don't think I've ever heard a preacher say what I'm about to say to you. But whenever I left the services, this is what stuck in my mind. It goes something like this. If you obey God, God will bless you. If you disobey God, the consequences of your sins will come upon you. Which is biblical, right? I mean, Deuteronomy says this. These are the blessings for obedience and these are curses for disobedience and all of that sort of stuff. And, and if you're not careful, you begin to live on that plane so that the, the moment something bad happens to you, your first question is, what did I do? Where did I mess up? And here I am seeing quite clearly that if Peter has said to Jesus, I know you have commanded me to go to that side of the lake, but actually, Lord, I am tired and my mother-in-law is sick. I'm going to go and have a cup of tea with my wife. If, Jesus, if Peter had done that, would he be in the middle of the storm right now? No, no, I don't think you asked. You asked <laughs> I'm asking a question. If, if Peter had gone home and had tea with his wife, would he have been in the middle of a storm right now? No. And God said to me, sometimes the very reason of your struggles and your difficulties is not because of your disobedience, it is precisely because of your obedience. Don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. And all of you, I'm guessing, would have felt the pain and the struggle of faithfulness. Where you, you obey and it hurts and it costs you. That is the normal Christian life. That's why he says, when you come to follow me, pick up your cross And follow me, your cross, the thing that is going to cost you pain, the thing you're going to die on, pick it up, embrace it, and follow me. Do not be surprised, my son, my daughter, when pain comes to you as a result of your obedience to me. The day is coming where it will be no more, but in this world, you will suffer when he tells the parable of the sower, he says, "And when persecution comes because of the word, people fall." In other words, when persecution comes because you're obeying God, people fall. Don't do that. Don't be surprised when you go through difficulties. It reminded me of this um, famous poem. I think I'll call it um, "Footprint." Many of you, I'm sure, have heard this before. But it looks, it sounds like this. This is what is written footprints in the sand one night i dreamed a dream as i was walking along the beach with my lord across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life each scene i noticed two sets of footprints in the sand one belonging to me and one to my lord After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at my very lowest and saddest time, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me. So I asked the Lord about it. Lord, You said once I decided to follow you, you would walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered. My precious child, I love you. I will never leave you ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Never doubt what God says to you in the light. Never doubt them in the times of darkness. Let me say that again. Do not doubt in dark times what God said to you in the light. In those times when you were praying and worship was flowing and your spirit was stirred and you heard God speak. When you go to walk it out and those difficult times come, do not doubt what he said to you in those glorious times of worship. He is Faithful. He is faithful. The next bit says, They woke him up and they said to him, Master, do you not care? Don't you care? Have you those of you who are parents here, perhaps particularly the older folks, you have done everything for your son or your daughter. You have given up everything to help them, to give them the best. And because you're upset about something, they turn around and shout in your face, you don't care about me. Yeah? Yeah? The person they are talking to is the one who loves them the most. He is the one who is about to give, their li- to give their life for them, to die for them. And this is a little bit of an aside when I was reading through this and I felt God speak to me. That this is perhaps not for you. It might be for other people and how we pastor one another. And you may have heard this before. When people are hurting, when people are going through a storm they don't see clearly. They don't see clearly. And they will say things that will hurt you, even when you're trying to help them. The pastor could be giving their best, studying, praying, trying to get around as many people as possible, but you have been in the hospital for three days and you haven't heard from John. I knew it. He doesn't like me. I knew it. He doesn't care about me. Oh, my home group teacher hasn't called me yet. And the devil comes in, not because you're evil, but because you're hurting. And so Jesus hears this barrage of don't you care. And if we're not careful, Jesus, who, by the way, is the only person on the boat who can actually walk on water, could have responded, that's a nonsense. What do you mean I don't care about you? Fine, I'm out of here. And he gets out of the boat and he leaves. What do you think would have happened? (laughs) they would have drowned they would have not made it to the other side and the point is this guys as the church as a body of people when we're going through stuff when we hear people say all sort of perhaps hurtful things to us let's be patient with them because they're going through stuff and if we are gentle and caring and loving and not just respond or react, but bear with one another, we will all get to the other side. That's the teaching there. Bearing with one another, you can help one another get to the other side. Now I've got one more question. Well, I've got two more questions very quickly and we'll finish. My, 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 one of, the first of the two questions is this. What would you do If the thing God said to you will not happen to you, happens to you. What will you do if the thing that God said will not happen to you, happens to you? Let me put some flesh on it. Do you guys believe in prophetic words? Do you guys prophesy? Okay, okay. All right, that's cool. Imagine that somebody's mom is dying. It's in hospital. So you call one of this prayer meetings, and you pray your heart out, and you pray, and you fast, please, God. This, this is a, imagine like a single mother, and, and it's got a child who, who is only, say, eight years old, needs the mother. So with heartfelt compassion, pity, you cry out, please, God, heal this mum. And, uh, and the person who has a prophetic gift among you says, I believe, God says, this illness will not end in death. She's going to live. And so you all praise the Lord because you have believed the prophetic message, believing that this woman is not going to die. Imagine that was a Wednesday prayer meeting. And then before you could get to church on the Sunday, i.e. on the Friday, you heard that the mother... Has died. What do you do? What do you do then? Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, I couldn't get my head around it either. But, but you see, that's do you know that happens? In the book of John, chapter 3, chapter 11, sorry, Lazarus is dying. Mary and Martha sends words to Jesus. Two-day journey. In other words, they've been praying two days, okay? They're trying to get to God. They get to God, and God says, this sickness will not end in death. They're like, hallelujah. They trust him. He's faithful. And they bring back word to Mary and Martha. Lazarus, this sickness of Lazarus will not end in death. And two days later, they watched their brother die. Poof. What happened? Jesus, knowing that Lazarus has died, then gets up and he makes his way back to them and he gets there. And this is interesting because what they then do is one of them says, Jesus, if you had been here, you're being nice to God. <laughs> Jesus, if you have been here, God, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. They make excuses. Um, another person says, we know you are the resurrection and the life, and my brother will rise in the day to come. They, they, they bring up a theological thing to comfort themselves. They, they come up with a, with a theology, which is true, but apply it wrongly to make themselves feel okay. I know I'm pushing you. I, I know. I know I'm pushing you. But Jesus said to them, I said to you that this sickness will not end in death. So if your brother has died, you know it is not the end. Let me repeat that. I said to you that this sickness will not end in death. So if your brother has died, know that it is not the end. And so Jesus, of course, you know the story. Asked them to remove the tombstone and he calls Lazarus back to life. Because this sickness will not end in death. This is not the end of the story. And he raises him from the dead. So what do you do when the thing God says to you will not happen to you, happens to you? Is you keep trusting. As I said, I know I'm pushing you. God is faithful. Get that. God is faithful. So the final question. Jesus gets up and he, and he commands the sea to cease. And the Bible says there was a great calm. He does for them what they could not do for themselves in their journey of obedience to Christ. He does, and God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself as you seek to obey him. I repeat, God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself as you seek to obey him. So God gets up, God the son gets up, he hushes the sea for them, and the very next verse says, and they were exceedingly afraid. They were afraid before, and they, in panic, says to Jesus, don't you care? Now, the thing that they were afraid of has completely come, is done. And yet, the very next verse says, And they were exceedingly afraid. Question is, why? No more storm. Why are they afraid? Sorry, Because Jesus calmed the storm. They are no longer afraid of the storm. They are afraid of the person on their boat. Who is this guy that even the wind and the storm obey him? Jesus, we have seen you do miracles, but who are you? You just spoke into the wind and the wind obeyed you. I want to settle tonight that God the Son knew when he gave the commandment on this side of the lake that there was going to be a storm. And I want to suggest to you that sometimes God deliberately sends us through a storm that we might know him and trust him more because the most mature Christian in the room is the one who trusts God the most. I'll finish with this. God says to Abraham, go and sacrifice your son Isaac. And so the very next day, Abraham gets up and he's taking his son and he's going to kill him. He's going, through, he's going up on this mountain. And you can imagine that Abraham is going through a storm. He's like, this is crazy. What's going on here? And yet he's going. And when he gets to the top of the mountain, he takes the knife and he's about to kill his son. And God stops him and provides a lamb for him. And out of Abraham shouts, Jehovah Jireh, God my provider. Up until now, everybody has known God as the great almighty, the one with whom nothing is impossible. And now we have a new name of God, my, my personal provider. This almighty God who put the stars in the place. He is my God, my provider. You sing that song. You believe that God is your provider because one man went through a storm. Perhaps... When you have been through your storm and your faith has been strengthened, you might become like a poor when you go through the next storm and everybody else is panicking that this is the end of their lives. You might be the one on that boat saying, no, it is okay. God said, I must stand before the king. Therefore, this is not the end of our story. You might be the one able to comfort people, to inspire faith in others, to build others up. Because you have gone through a storm and you have known the Lord your God to be faithful. To be faithful. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Shall we stand? I want to pray two prayers for people in this room. If you are here tonight and your obedience to Christ is costing you, you're feeling the pain, the suffering, and you're hurting. I want to pray for you that your faith will not fail, that God will bring you comfort. That God who is in your boat, the God who was with you at the beginning before this journey started, is still present with you. That he might comfort you. It's okay. In fact, if that is you, um, I'd like you to just raise your hand just so I know who I'm praying for. If that is you, just raise your hand. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you at the back. God bless you. God bless you, gentlemen over that side. Let's pray. We have known you to be faithful in all your ways. And therefore, we pray for our dear friends. Holy Spirit, would you draw near in this time? And would you comfort your children? Would you draw near and fix their eyes on you? We pray, Lord, that the voice of truth will Will penetrate and bring healing to the heart that you are faithful to keep them. Holy Spirit, right now in this place tonight, would you strengthen? Would you strengthen? Would you gird them up? Strengthen their inner man? Cause them to stand just like you prayed for Peter. We pray for our dear friends that they may overcome because you are faithful. Because it is you who gave them the word that they have got up to follow you. Keep them, Father, we pray. Keep them, give them all that they need until they have come through to the other side. Protect them, we pray. Protect them, draw near, and keep them safe in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And in this second prayer, I pray for all of us. Father, we, we want to say we declare that you are a faithful God. And we want to come after you. We want to pick up our crosses and follow you. We pray, Father, that you will remind us of all of these things that you've told us tonight. That whenever your command comes, we will be willing to leave the crowd behind and come after you. To trust you with all our beings. I pray, Father, that you help us to protect our time with you. To love you above everything else. To love you even above ministry. To love you above everything. To know you and to walk with you. That even the things that we do, we do them because it demonstrates our love for you. Help us to do that, to help us to focus that way. And Father, we pray that your grace will abound on our lives, that we may be patient with one another, that we will so know your love and care, that when other people hurt us, that your grace will overflow in our hearts to have compassion and to forgive one another. And to bear with one another until you have brought us to the other side. I pray that grace for all of us. Help us to remember these things. And Lord, when we go through a storm, remind us. May your voice come through the storm. The voice of truth. That if we're going through a storm, it is because we have not yet come to the other side. And this will pass. This too will pass. Strengthen our faith in this way. Hello, we want to say in spite of the storm, we want to follow you because we want to know you. We want to grow in faith. We want to be like you on that boat. That when the storms of life come, our peace will remain to the point that we might even sleep through the storm. Because you give us a peace that surpasses understanding. We ask you for that. That we might be an example and an encouragement to others. Glorify yourself through us in this way, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon Podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.